bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the After Things podcast. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello. Mr. Brian Brushwood. Hello. Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hello. <laughs> so obviously a big topic that, I mean, we don't really have to dive into here because there's probably a lot of wonderful commentary by these same people here on other shows. But is, you know, this big, the big news is sort of the epic battle against Apple um, going on right now. And epic. The top- oh, ep- oh, big I see. Oh, 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 missed it. Damn. <laughs> Sorry. Bad, bad Rewind. Um, and, uh, again, that gets into sort of down the opinion hole of what is a, you know, business practice ever like that. But there it brings up the question of Epic's fortunate because Epic is on a bunch of different platforms. Epic's on, on iPhone, they're on Android, they're on, you know, PC, they're on Mac, they're on Nintendo. They're, they're in a position now where it's gotten heated and Apple can, is starting to pull them from all of the iPhone devices. Epic still has other places to make money. But sometimes if you're a YouTube creator... And either YouTube changes the way things are monetized. We're seeing people, we're seeing content on other platforms like Twitter all of a sudden that health commentary may not have been too controversial a couple months ago. And now we have this concern, a genuine concern for misinformation and people getting pulled there. We saw Facebook, you know, Facebook is very much like Darth Vader and Empire Strikes Back. Boy, you're not you kidding, know? man. I mean, like, like, yeah, like for- I still have not come back in any way to Facebook. I just, I, I don't trust it, not one whit, and and I, I don't know what it will take to get me back. Pray I don't alter the deal further. You yeah. know, you're like... You alter the uh, deal all you want, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, but for a lot of people, it's, it's as an advertiser, the thing is like, oh, I'm not on there, but yeah, I, I've spent thousands of dollars advertising on there though so you know uh on that part of it and that is that is the thing we've talked a bit about before about like hey get an email list make sure you have contact information for people it was a question that came up before was i think by james harrison was like as you watch like if tiktok gets shut down what do you do but um i think we could do have kind of a talk about like in your the position of growing growing your audience what are best practices? Maybe maybe we could do sort of a rundown of how we feel about different services. Uh, obviously, we all love email because of its longevity. Uh, however, that could really change. I mean, in, in a world where Gmail kind of picks who is and isn't spam, uh, and more and more people go to those services, and there are other services that behind the scenes rate how spammy everything feels, um, even even email doesn't feel as safe as it did 10 years ago. Sure. I mean, even uh, like we talked a few weeks on or a few months ago on this show about the Hey email service, which uh, I've been using uh, very happily for, for, for since then. And like that just across the board strips out tracking. So like even if I'm on an email list, I'm on email lists and I read the emails, those will never open as read in like MailChimp or anything because they strip all of that stuff out so as far as mailchimp or any of those other services knows it's like well we threw it down the black hole uh, uh who knows right right um and so like yeah that 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 is a challenge for email where e- but all platforms have challenges like that but at the very least that is the end user turning on or off 
their own experience, right? Like, and, and, and that scale, that can be a problem. The, the issue that we face with uh, putting time and effort into a platform is you, the person that is trying to do a thing, now become restricted. Like, mm -hmm. now you can't post. And that's the one thing that... Oh, beautiful, sweet email. How we how we always talked about killing you would be our true salvation. And now we find ourselves decades later saying, oh, simple, simple, sweet, free email. <laughs> oh, how I love you so. And we all return to it as the Shangri-Las we built turned out to be roach motels. Yeah, I guess um I guess the the my advice and 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 keep in mind ad, advice should come from somebody who's actually done it and i've not done it yet but i can imagine driving my car at 10 p.m turning on am radio recognizing the voice of of johnny carson talking to uh, uh larry king and uh and it's not the vehicle by which i am receiving their transmission the am radio it's not the fact that it's over a podcast it's not over whatever anything it is it's that the people themselves have earned real estate in my mind and i and i suspect that that's what we should all aspire to do is 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 to be is to earn real estate to where you know even even if they never subscribe to your podcast they're always thrilled when you show up on the joe rogan podcast or on uh, yeah. uh, this vi this youtube video with vsauce or whatever yeah i i think that yeah, I mean, it is the, yeah, trying to get, I look, that's one thing that's funny is when I flip through my YouTube, like, does, you know, watch this is you see smart creators pop up on a bunch of different channels and just pop up everywhere and just avoid, you know, just avoid siloing yourself. Yeah. I mean, ultimately the goal is to have as many people hear your voice as possible. And when they hear it, they like it. Um, the idea of, we we are still young in the things we are building and really even the platform's relationships to our to their creators like it's it's still in flux it's still something that we are figuring out because uh to this point with facebook and and youtube probably uh being the the two biggest that have continued to squeeze their audience and their creators, the people theoretically making the content for which they sell advertising against and making new rules that box them in or force them to pay. Uh, people still go and do it. You know, we have yet to see kind of a breaking point there uh, for as much as the adpocalypse creates YouTube drama. It doesn't create a measurable drop in people making YouTube content for as much as, uh, you know, Brian, you have made the decision to walk off uh, from from Facebook. It's not like Facebook is any less of a gigantic ad juggernaut. Indeed, it's the opposite. Now, uh, companies use pausing their Facebook uh, campaigns as their own ad campaign. Like it has reached this perverse meta thing where Facebook is such a thing, is such a staple of advertising that everybody wants to continue to give money to Facebook and then also earn goodwill in the mind share of its audience by saying we've stopped giving money to Facebook for anywhere between five to seven days, depending on when you lose interest in this story. Um, 
it's it's remarkable. It's it's insane. There's there's no amount of pressure that these companies can put on the people generating their page views that makes the people generating their page views leave or even slow down. And the weird part is, is um, uh, for those who don't know, what you do is you put a, a little uh, targeting pixel on your your site. Like, let's say people come through scam stuff. If, if, if you've ever wondered, whoa, how did Facebook know I, I, I was looking at this couch at that one time? Uh, the answer is, is because there's a little targeting pixel. And then when they want to, they can run an ad saying, hey, we know you were looking at this couch. It's on sale right now. Would you like it? Yes, no. Um, so, so weirdly, e even though I don't participate in, in Facebook, I, I still retain the option to do so. Uh, but, but I have severe, I don't know, sincere uh, ethical questions about how, how interested I am in doing that. So that's why I use a plugin. So I just walk away from my browser and it just searches through random sites and shopping, you know, areas and just creates this sort of chaotic sort of profile. Wait, <laughs> does it? No, I don't know. I just made that up. I mean, but, uh, yeah, I would like to sign up for your newsletter. Yeah, <laughs> you it'll make it through Gmail. <laughs> yeah, I do like the idea though of like uh, of just you know, and that's well, that's part of big part of what Safari does now. Have you looked at, uh, I don't know if you use Safari, but if you click on the shield icon, it will tell you like the, the tracking history. If you go to, like you go to like, I go to CNN.com right now and I click on the little shield. There are 20 trackers right now actively trying to, you know, figure out like following you around. It's crazy you know? because like, um, I, I don't want to give too many details, but uh uh, apparently, my physical address uh, sounds like a physical address that exists in um, uh, Connecticut. And so all of my targeted local news comes from this small town in Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and I, I, part of me wants to fix it for a better experience. But part of me is like, you know what? Sure. Consider me living there. That'd I, be great. I get that on, I know I would get that a lot on the PBS website, but... I have Google Fiber, which is not a big, a big ISP here in Austin. And so a lot of times they think I'm in Michigan, yep. uh, which I am not. And so sometimes anytime there's geo tracking with, with IPs, even just that innocuous thing is not always yeah. right. Well, get ready, get ready for, get ready for the political ads, Bryce. Uh, <laughs> uh, update, update. There's uh, this Safari blocked 60 trackers on the CNN page. 60 trackers. That sounds right. Uh, by the way, uh, by the way, it's like the reason why scam stuff has the Facebook pixel is not because again, like, like understand this, the Brian hates Facebook, does not want anything to do with Facebook. Brian on his site has a Facebook pixel. Why? Not because of any allegiance, but because Facebook made a very compelling bargain. Hey, for the price of just adding one thing to your site that no one will ever notice, we will share the most precious resource the internet has data. You will get data on the people that come to your website from Facebook. Not, Facebook not even will... data because I don't think we get data, but what we do get is access. Like I can pay yeah. money. Uh, like, like if we have a brand new product, I know like uh, if, if, if there was no pixel, I would say I would like to pay money to access people. And they say they would respond with you can access people. Don't know if they'll be your people or not. And then, yeah. but, 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 but by having the pixel, 
when that time comes, it's like, no, 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 yeah. this is a very important message. I need to access my people. Then it's like, oh, well, uh, how much of the moolah you got? And then if you're not prepared for that, then you don't get to do it. Because yeah, uh, uh, online ad buying is like wild catting for oil. Like you are, if you have no guidance, then you are just basically saying, all right, here, spend a bunch of money. Oops, no effect. But then when you hit pay dirt, it's, oh my God, that that's a business. You literally have found a business if also, you find the right spoiler uh, alert, Part of the reason that I hate Facebook is because, uh, guess what, is a very efficient market. Facebook's ability to charge exactly the amount of money you would probably make running a campaign to those targeted ads. It's yeah. awful. I hate it. It's funny, too. I'm like on a... Uh of kind of an alt news sort of, you know, power to the people, fight the man site, and they've got 31 trackers. <laughs> well, because by the way, look, uh, uh, online advertising is something that took the entire industry by storm. It is, uh, uh, it is the advertising industry right now. And, and think of every bit of what Mad Men used to be, right? Client comes in, they make a fun ad campaign, and then they place it on radio, television, billboards, like all what they would do. That has all shrunk down to a, a fraction of what it used to be. What is What owns all of advertising is Google and Facebook. And, and that is crazy. The shift we've seen in that market is nuts. Uh, and even then, the idea of display advertising itself is shrinking, and that's why... Any, you know, you could be mom, pause, crunchy granola, uh, uh, all power to all people, the, the site. And if you're going to pay for people to make that content, you got to get money from somewhere. And if you're getting money from advertising, the biggest way to make money from advertising is tracking your, uh, tracking your audience and selling exactly what well, the, the, the ads that want to get that demo. And well, you need that data. You need to track to get that to to even be in the game right now. We're only going to see more of that going forward. Well, and and keep in mind, like uh, you know, my wife makes a, a ceramic art that has vaguely um, uh, organic swoops and swirls to it. They're larger than you would expect, and that's what makes her art wonderful and important. It turns out that the consumers, the type of people who would buy that type of art tend to have the the similar set of, you know, 10, 12, 20 uh, vectors. And so as a result, like Bonnie goes surfing on Facebook and is just like, is this person ripping off my work? It's like, no, I just happen to fit the demographic of people who would love the type of art that I make. And it's, it's, it's insane. It's trying to group people together and figure out like where we fit is you know kind of the, every advertiser sort of dream of how do i make that dollar the most effective dollar and that's one of the things too because like i guess talking a bit about the ad side too is like i've talked to authors who are like ah you know i want to advertise my book and it's like if your book sells for five bucks you're not going to find a one-to-one -one place to advertise your book that you're ever going to make a profit for it if you advertise your book to get people excited about it and to read it and to post reviews then it makes sense if you're looking at spending to get people on board to you as a writer and then buy your next book and your next book and your next book, then it makes sense, did, you know, and that's. Does it ever make sense to buy advertising for your artistic product uh, in, in a world where uh, uh, Justin and I have talked about this an awful lot, um, you know, 
we perceive our goal is to build a clubhouse of energetic people and then announce now's the time that the thing is coming out and then out it goes. Um, But some people have come to me saying, well, I want to build a bigger clubhouse. And so I want to let people know that I have a cool clubhouse that they should like, like advertise my podcast or whatever. Like I, 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 I don't perceive that there's any value to that. When I wanted to launch a career as a writer and I wanted to get people on board to discover me, I needed to start somewhere. And I think that like, if you're, if you have a one-off thing, then no, it's, it's not going to pay off. But if I want, I look at the funnel, like I see what happens when somebody buys my first book and the percentage then go and buy my next book and my next book and my next book. And so there's a value to me is trying to create points of discovery. Like advertising the third book in a series is going to be dumb. Advertising the first book in a series, specifically if the other books are out there, might make sense. But, uh, and also like, you guys have always had audiences. You've always had a point. You've always had, always had a nucleus to build a thing from. Yeah, I guess if you're looking to, to get started, uh, Bryce, would, would you ever pay for, for those first few listeners? I actually, when I was doing a podcast uh, back in Virginia, I, we, they were not a lot, but we did buy ads on Reddit for, a, for the podcast. And um, I know it got clicks, right? They, you know, every, every time you uh, promote a link, they'll tell you what the click rate and all is. I know that they got clicks, and I do think that the audience did, did grow um a, uh, um a small amount but you know podcast audience if they like what you if they like what you make they can be a, a particularly sticky audience um yeah. so uh you know we're maybe talking over the course of a few months maybe a couple hundred bucks on it uh but i think in that case like it did work um at least a little bit and it wasn't trying to convert people into sales, right? Like that's a completely different uh, algebra that I would have no idea what to do with. But for for that, I think it helped help at least a little bit get off the ground, right? If you're when you're when you're starting with zero, anything you can get, anything that might just get someone to, you know, to give it a try, I think I think can be valuable. So another thing to think about too is like somebody pointed out that like you know this Facebook ad targeting them for a demographic they didn't fit into is that there's Facebook, their business is selling ads and they have really valuable ad customers. If you're Toyota, you know, if you're, you know, you know, Disney or whatever, Facebook is going to have a very, they're going to have dedicated people helping you put together your ad campaigns, whatever. They want you to have extremely efficient ads because they know if you don't see your return on your investment, you will go elsewhere. And this is what, was just the problem that Snapchat had early on because they were getting a lot of experimental ad budgets. Then advertisers realized they weren't getting the return they want. And then they declined. But then Snapchat had enough growth to overcome that. If you're a person who buys ads infrequently, they don't care. They will tell you, oh, yeah, use this demographic. Use this whatever. Try this. Oh, it's not working. We'll try advertising here. And you're not going to get the same sort of success rate that, you know, a more a company that's more dedicated to that and a bigger customer. So that's the thing to think about, too, is sometimes we see really inefficient, like, oh, this group, why is Facebook advertising to this? Because that group that ran that ad, they were still paying Facebook. You know, Facebook still made money. What about you, Justin? Um, would I, I mean, I haven't paid for advertising on, on stuff. Uh, you know, we tried to buy ads initially with the contender and didn't really see a ton of, um, 
a ton of uh, a return. You, what I'd always understood would when it came to um uh, uh Facebook ads was that really like you you need a couple thousand dollars just to play around to find out where your audience is, you know. Um, and that was just something we didn't have, especially at the time that we were looking to buy ads because we were in the hole. <laughs> we were like, all right, we're not going to spend more money to try to then get out of the hole. Um, which maybe we could have, and we would have had a different, uh, we would have gotten out of the hole faster, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, to me, I've never played in that realm. I've never played in that mass market realm. The stuff that I do has always been niche and my gut has always told me there's another way to, there's another way to get to the niche. But then again, uh, that might just me be me being risk averse. I'm, I'm willing to willing to assume that. Yeah, I, yeah, it's, I, I wish I knew how much of this was just uh, predisposition, like, like, like me just already deciding in advance how it must be. But I don't know. You know, I, I think a thing too to think it is to if you want to advertise, like a couple things to think about. Um, if I wanted to launch my book career right now, not just to plug a thing that you know our friends are doing, but like. I would be on sword and laser. I would be pushing books. I'd be buying ads on there. Cause like, that's just, it's a concentrated audience and you know, it's a community of readers. And if a handful of, if your stuff is good and a handful of people read it there, it will make it through that community. And sometimes that's a, you might find there's a much smaller niche where you can make a big dent. Like if I wanted to do, let's say I had a podcast that just did like reviewed, like star Trek comic or star Wars comics. All I did was star Wars comics. Right. I would go by heavily into all the other Star Wars podcasts and say, hey, here's an ad for my podcast. Do this. I know I'll get I'll get a lot of people trying, you know, and I know that, you know, that's that's an audience there. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, we talked to, you know, one of our friends who had a small niche podcast who wanted to sell advertising. He's like, I don't have enough numbers. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, eight other people with podcasts like you in the same niche offer to bundle all of your podcasts together and go find advertisers. And he found a name brand company willing to advertise because eight small podcasts was the same as one big one. And that's, that's a thing to think creative is that like those ready one size fits all models, like Facebook ads and you're small, they're not for you. You don't need them anyways. There are, look at it like this is an example I use. Warren Buffett has a problem. Okay. Warren Buffett, (laughs) not really, but Warren Buffett, when he started Berkshire Hathaway, he looked for these companies that had like that were undervalued. He looked at their sheets and said, they have a lot of cash coming in, whatever, but they're not sexy by Wall Street standards. He would invest in these companies and he made a ton of money. Then he got to the point where he would just acquire these sorts of companies. But he reached a point where he can't find he needs to buy $10 billion companies, $20 billion companies or whatever. He can't waste his time on $20 million companies or $30 million companies. And there are a lot of those. And if you're looking to advertise, go look at a lot of these smaller niches and stuff. And you might find like, oh, I write teenage, you know, teenage, you know, uh, fantasy fiction. Like, go hit those Harry Potter fan sites, you know, go buy advertising there or those podcasts there. You could become a hit overnight if you buy across the board. And also at that point, I would advise you not even to advertise, but instead uh, uh, come offering content because those people like Mm. like uh, knock, knock, who is it? It's content for free that you don't have to work on. Please come in, be on my show, you know? Yeah. Oh, sure. I think, yeah, when they're, when it's, you know, when, when that opportunity is there, but also like, 
a, a, an easy way to be a guest on some of those shows is, you know, spend a couple hundred bucks on ads sure. and then like, ah, I sure. got a new thing coming. I'd love to talk about it. Oh, yeah, we'd love to have you. <laughs> like, uh, so, yeah, as Brian says, try to offer content first, but too, but like, like, uh, I don't even, like, I don't think, I mean, it, we, we ring an eye tricks for years and we made money on magic advertising because we started it because it was an audience that was under advertised to. There was a couple of yeah. those two magic magazines there. There was no one place to really buy online advertising. And I'm and I was I came from my problem like I have a product I want to sell. I don't want to wait four months to have my ad appear in a magazine. I want to sell this thing next week. And nobody could do that. And so we created iTrix to, to facilitate that. And it was a great little business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also it's like, look, uh, you launched your writing career in no small part because we had this. We had weird things. Mm -hmm. Like we had the ability to say, hey, uh, Andrew's got a new book out. Uh, Justin is going to read it, uh, read this beginning part of it, go buy the book now. And then that led to the whole audiobook stuff. But it's like that was a targeted niche audience. And, and it gave you know, Andrew something that I think a lot of writers really would uh uh you know are are would love to have and that's a dedicated audience that would review things early and i don't know mm -hmm. if i think andrew's journey probably without the dedicated weird things audience i think you could probably tack maybe years onto the front of his journey i, I think that he probably would have gotten to the place that he would have gotten otherwise but i could see a world where it's like it's just going to take time to build that like no matter what 15 five-star reviews like oh my god that's that that puts you so far ahead of the game i like to think i'm clever enough to have used some of my other options for that but i certainly see that how this audience helped it was absolutely instrumental but there were other models i could have followed though it wasn't like this yeah. or i would have tried to do a different thing like we we didn't lean anywhere nearly heavily as into the podcasting episodes and stuff as we did i started doing a podcast channel of my own short stories which had traction but then my book sales started to go I'm like, oh, because I, I just look for points of discovery to see where are people discovering stuff. And and I was either if I wasn't getting it within the ecosystem of the Amazon store and, and we used our audience here to drive people to do early stages. But there were other ways it could have done, you know, YouTube could have done a YouTube channel talk. I avoided talking about writing because I didn't want to make my product about my writing. But, you know, that's a thing they look is still underserved as somebody talk about writing stuff. So, you know, there are. <sighs> Years is kind of harsh, baby, but I like to think that yeah, well, I would have figured yeah, out other I, ways. I, yeah, I, I didn't mean it as a slight to you. I meant it as a compliment to the audience. But uh, it's all, uh, it, was, it is. But it's the yeah, having an audience is great. It is absolutely. But and I, I would say it's like if you don't have our audience, you don't have. I'm, I guess what I'm trying to. Say, I want to give hope to other people saying oh, if you don't have this, there are other ways besides that. It's just not the only. No, path. no, no. But I think the 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 story here is not beyond is not have an audience and then leverage it right i think that the 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 story is find where your you know brian is always great about talking about like the 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 story that the the customer sees right and yeah. so for a million different reasons uh andrew being an articulate and uh, a, a super creative super smart personality on this show then saying hey now I'm an author and then having the proof of like, oh, this comes on right afterward. It's frictionless between the, the talking head part and then the creative part. Uh, uh, that was like, boom, it, it felt to me watching it like mm. this 
like seamless transition. There wasn't a whole lot more proof that you had to do to the audience that was listening uh, for them to be like, cool, Andrew's an author now. I love Andrew. I love what I just heard. Andrew is one of my new favorite authors. Yeah, that's Yeah, and I would say that it it was a big boost. It was a big boost. And it was helpful that I wasn't trying to do golf videos. I wasn't trying to do something that was so, so, you know, but I would say the thing that I learned after that, though, was as I got more into the Amazon ecosystem, even through self-publishing, that first year of publishing, I looked at who my audience was starting and who my audience was by the time I put Angel Killer out. And I, I could see the bump from our audience with Angel Killer sales initially, and then I could watch that valley. And then I watched oh, yeah. as another audience discovered it, and I was like, oh, well, frequency there. You know, the, the, In books, I tell people, like, the, if you want to have a career as a writer, you got to write a lot. You've got to put stuff out there to have one thing and hold on to. And it's like podcasting. It's everything else. Put content out there. Continuously put content out there. Yeah. Uh, so form. so we're like in the last five minutes. Uh, do, do you guys want to just rattle off like your four fa- favorite platforms? I mean, we all love email for sure. Uh, I think I think Twitter is fairly unfiltered. Um, uh, uh, I'm not a fan of Facebook. Uh, I do like YouTube. Um, and then uh, what beyond that? I don't know. I guess I'm playing with TikTok. We'll see. Yeah, I like, I don't use it, but I like YouTube because if you don't, if you're not obsessed with the discovery algorithm and you just want a thing to put a thing and people find a thing and people can discover the thing, it's, I I don't, the discovery algorithm rarely works well for me anyways. I love that. You know, Twitter, you know, as long as you're not trying to talk about the post office or COVID or, you know, rioting, you know, protesting. It's very it's tempting platform. to participate in the uh, in the argument. Yeah, and it's it's in that you look at where people are getting banned, you know, kicked off from there. Like I had, I put up a video showing when my mail. I opened up my mailbox and there was a box too big to pull out, and it was just comical because I reach in, then I pull it out. I can't slide the book, and I put it up on Twitter. It got the this is sensitive label. It got slammed at this. I'm like, what the f? And it's because somebody's like, he's making a political commentary about the post office. I'm like, no, the box is too big. Like, 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 <laughs> I am, I am, that is not that my got, fight. That got labeled? That got labeled? Yep. Oh my yep. God, that is yep. really funny. No, that was, it was literally just like, it was physical comedy. It was, it was, you know, uh, just like, you know, oops, I can't get the thing out. That's hilarious. Yeah, so. I also think, like, if we're not talking about, like, you know, uh banner ads or or uh uh conversion you know conversions into sales like i i brought up on the show before but i think like discord is like a is a quiet platform that a lot of people don't even recognize as social media right um only because it has a little bit more of a buy-in it is a little deeper um right you have their chat rooms and each room has its own rooms and direct messaging multiple servers but i think if you're looking to grow an audience again not maybe not necessarily to directly get sales but i think if you're building if you're looking to build a community like i think discord is a really strong alternative people love facebook and facebook groups and i think those definitely have a lot of features that are good for that but don't count out discord either uh yeah discord is great in terms of community building i don't know if there's anything that that can harness your hardcore audience and the more people you get in there, the better. Um, that is, you know, of course at some point maybe they get acquired by Facebook and flip the switch and charge you $50 per server or whatever per month. But 
uh, uh, for right now, everything looks great. <laughs> just Justin's yeah. like reverse Nostradamus. <laughs> he portrays like yeah, I, just how awful it's going to get. I like I don't do much on it, but Twitch, Twitches, I think they, they're building a monetization. They they looked at a lot of the problems of the growing pains of monetization and stuff that YouTube had. And I think that Twitch is trying to solve a lot of problems. And I've told I've told other people looking to start platform like video stuff. I'm like, consider Twitch. Like, just consider Twitch. I, I say consider it, but I do think Twitch is in a position where, with Mixer out of the way, like some of those terms on Twitch are getting a little. Onerous. You would know better than I. You would know better than uh, you I. You know, like if people could pay five dollars to subscribe to you and directly pay you, Twitch takes half of that in almost every case. Or if you cheer bits, right, you get all of the bits, but then the user pays like a surcharge when they're buying bits. So if you buy like eight dollars worth of bits, you may end up paying like ten dollars. So there's there are there are costs associated with that stuff and and it's worth looking into that. Um it's worth looking into all that. Yeah, no, I hear you. I guess I'd say that as far as having a monetization thing that's approachable to like the average person, it's kind of the only yeah. game right now. And sure. And 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 right now it's like if you've got time, you've got effort, and you've got talent, then it's fairly easy to get uh uh affiliate status, and that's how you can uh make money from your audience. Um you know, they I think that they have they have put time and effort into trying to make this an approachable platform, which was always its biggest hurdle because doing a live stream on Twitch is way more annoying than doing a live stream on Facebook or Instagram where you can just go on your app, say boop, go live and you're, and you're good. Twitch is a little bit more complicated. Yeah. Coming next week, Justin's new video platform. Boop. Yeah. Well, uh, and I also let me just say I I speak no ill of Twitch as uh, uh, <laughs> that is that is a family part of the family business. <laughs> cool. So, well, and I would say as a writer, just for writing in general, like I think Kindle Unlimited. I've mentioned this before. This is a platform where people who pay pay for the Kindle Unlimited, they pay a flat fee per month, and they could read unlimited numbers of books that are on there. If you're trying to get your writing out there and you want to write novellas or serialization sort of stuff, it is a great platform because basically it's friction free. If I want to read your stuff, I don't have to pay you anything. I just pay this general fund that then gets distributed to you. And uh, I think I think it's easier to build up a career as a writer now than it was before. But I don't think enough people have the willpower to sort of do the work. Yeah. So, all right, gentlemen. It's been after. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.